Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. In Jesus' name. So turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter number 10. Today I want to lay the foundation. I want to lay the foundation. Luke chapter number 10. All right. In the book of Luke chapter number 10. And we're going to read verse number 18. Let's start from verse 18 and 19. 19. Uh, uh, yeah. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19. Can we all read it together? One to go. Behold, I give you of the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. I thought you were going to celebrate on this way. Amen. You know, you know my, my greatest heart desire. I, 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 I've been, I have been faithing it that this church, you guys will get to a point in time that you'll be able to synchronize spiritual things with joy. You know, there are some things, there are some things, Charlie, you, when you read it and you get it, you must know that this one, Charlie, it is meat. Amen. They have given you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all, say all. He didn't say some, he said all. Yet there are many Christians who are afraid of the devil and the devil himself. Even the devil sometimes gets surprised the way some of them are afraid of him. They are clearly, they don't know what they have. So when you don't know what you have, and then you are displaying your ignorance, I mean, they will laugh at you. But Jesus said he has given us authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means whoa, hurt you in other words it doesn't matter how they do or what they do it shall not hurt you no wonder the bible says in the book of Isaiah it said no weapon formed against you shall prosper it doesn't matter how they orchestrate it they can plant it they can bury it they can put it in your food they can put it in your water whatever way they try to plant it it shall not hurt you Shall I get some believing amen in here? He said nothing. Say nothing. He didn't say something shall. No, he said nothing shall. 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 It's a command. Say nothing shall by any means hurt you. Say this is mine in Jesus' name. Yeah. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. When we read verse number 18, look at what Jesus said. He said, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, verse 18, Matthew 28 verse 18. Jesus came to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's what I said. How many of you know that Jesus is with you? But a lot of believers don't know that Jesus is with them. They think they are walking alone. That's why they are afraid. That is why they are full of fear. But when you know that I am not, I'm not alone, Jesus is with me. Remember in Sunday school, remember that song we used to sing? Um, Jesus is in your boat. You can smile at the storm. Remember? Jesus in your boat. You can smile at the storm. Smile at the storm. Smile at the storm. Jesus is. Uh huh. Some of you didn't. You didn't some of you didn't go to Sunday school. The way you are saying it shows that you didn't go to Sunday school. How many of you went to Sunday school? <laughs> and you can't sing this song. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah? He said, Jesus said, I am with you always, not sometime. Always, even until the end of the age. Always. Even to the end of the age. That is the difference. Between us and the world. You know, uh, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You understand? God is with us. That is the difference between us and those who are in the world. So, authority is an important subject in the gospel. And every believer must understand the authority that they have in Christ. God has given all of us authority in this world. And if you don't know the authority that you have, You'll be living your life like a beggar. You'll be living your life like you don't have anything. You'll be living your life like you are nobody, but you are somebody. You know all these ministers and this, uh, uh, you know, these police people and these people that are around. The, the moment they get into parliament, they say they, they are called honorable. And then when they are driving their V8 and all those stuff, they feel so big. They know they have the authority. You know, this person is just a common citizen. The moment he becomes a minister, he's given authority. So now he feels that he's no longer like a normal citizen again. He's giving some authority back by the law. Are you getting what I'm saying? If this guy is ignorant of his authority, he might behave like any other citizen. But then because you have been made, you are the president now, you've been given some authority through the law so much that you cannot behave and act like one of an ordinary citizen. I get on. Imagine that the president doesn't even know the authority or he's ignorant of his authority. And then you find the president behaving anyhow. I would like, ah, is this the president? Imagine the president, you know, wearing some boxer shorts, walking in front of his house in the morning, you know, or sitting with some people playing um, draft, eh? and then, you know, playing spa, you know. Fine, you can say, oh, the, the, the president wants to socialize, but the president can't do that. The moment you are lifted up to a, a particular level in authority, there are certain things you just can't do, even though if you want to do them. I get what I'm saying. So today we're going to have a very deep understanding in what authority is. And I want to lay the foundation, like I said. So I'll look, we'll, we'll look into three kinds of authority, right? And then for the rest of the month, we're going to focus on one, right? Then we would, we would we'll go from there. So three kinds of authority. Amen. You know, in John chapter number 4, verse 24, Jesus said, God is seeking those who worship him where? 
in spirit and in truth. When you understand the authority that you have in Christ Jesus, you'll be able to do that perfectly. You will do that perfectly. Amen. Right, so the three kinds of authority, and of course, we'll get these three kinds from the Greek. The first one is Kyriotis. Kyriotis, K-U-R-I-O-T-E-S. That's the first kind of authority. Kyriotis. K-U-R-I-O-T-E-S. Kyriotis. Kyriotis. And it means lordship. This kind of authority means lordship. Ruling power. One who possesses dominion. Civil power. Or magistracy. Kyriotis means lordship. Your lordship. Authority. You have lord. You are lord. You have ruling power. One who possesses dominion. Civil power. Or magistracy. Ephesians chapter number one. I want to give you some examples in the Bible that talks about Kyriotis. Ephesians chapter number one. Um, now, I, I read from verse number 20. It says, Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21. Far above all principality and power and mind and dominion and every name that is named not in this age but also in that which is to come the word dominion there means authority curiosities right so jesus is sitting above every kind of lordship that's why the bible says he's a lot of lords is the king of kings he's above every kind of lordship it's about any kind of ruler or ruling power. You understand? So Jesus is above the government that you have in your country. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So if your government wants you to have a life inconsistent with the glory of God, you, you don't live there. Amen. We don't live by the standards of the country. We live by the principles of the kingdom. Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians chapter number 1. I want to show you another verse that talks about curiosities. Colossians chapter number 1. I read verse number 16. It said, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. And I want you to really mark it in your Bible because I'm going to re reference this later on in my teachings. It says, For by him, that is Jesus Christ, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions curiosities or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him amen all things were created by him whether visible or invisible please take note because i'm coming I'm, I'll, I'll be i'll be visiting that very verse later on amen visible or invisible and then let's go to Jude. Jude. Jude only has one um, chapter. Now I read from verse um, number 8. I read verse number 8. Jude chapter number 
oh, I mean chapter 1, only one chapter though. Jude is the very last book you see before you go to the book of Revelations. So, verse number 8, it says, Likewise also, these dreamers defile the flesh, reject curiosities, they reject authorities, and speak evil of dignitaries. So, now, there are some people who speak evil and they reject also this kind of authorities that we have. Amen. Now, let's make progress. Now, the second kind of authority that I'll bring to your attention, so the first kind is authority as in like the president we have in the country and all of those things, the rulers, the those who are exercising dominion. In other words, you are having authority over a domain, right? You're having authority over a place. I mean, if you come to, let's say, this area that we are in, there is first of all an assemblyman who has oversight over the area, and then there's another level of the MP and then the um, DC or whatever, MC, whatever they have. These are people who have ruling power over the area so they have authority okay, that's what we mean by curiosity the second one that i want to talk about is exousia exousia e-x-o-u-s-i-a and it's the most common and popular definition of authority it's the most common and popular and it's for for a good reason and you're going to understand as i go deeper into into this series exousia which comes from the word ex exesti which means permitted or it is lawful therefore Exousia means the power to do something. The power to do something. The permission to do something. Okay? Exousia also means delegated authority. Delegated authority. So you have the mind and the right. So when you have exousia authority, it means that you have the mind and the right, or you have the right and the mind. The first in that sequence you have the right and the might in other words you have the permission to do it and you have the ability to also do that thing okay are you here with me yeah that's the idea of asusia asusia the, the, the over 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 um overall understanding or insight is that you have the right and the mind to do it matthew chapter 7 Matthew chapter 7. And you find a lot of exousia in the Bible. Especially in the gospel for a good reason. Matthew chapter number 7. Amen. Now let's read from verse 28. Matthew chapter 7 from verse number 28. It says. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings. Um, now can, can we understand the kind of sayings that he was saying so that you get the context let's go back to 24 Matthew 7 I read from verse number 24 he said therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. So shall be your life in Jesus' name. Verse number 26 and say, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the flood came, and the winds blew 
and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall and so it was when jesus had ended the saints that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having exousia and not as the scribes he taught as one having the right and the ability to teach amen so jesus did not speak like one who did not have any kind of permission he spoke like one who knew what he was doing he spoke like one who understood what he was doing are you here with me until you have the right and the mind there are certain things you cannot do and that is what authority does and god in christ jesus has given us both the right and the ability to carry out certain things in his name amen and that is why this kind of authority will be one that we will stick to a lot in this series because every one of us must be active if you see the the, the parable that jesus said he said the wise builder is the one when he hears the word and does them but the foolish builder is the one when he hears the word but does not do them in other words the one who does the word of god you are secured by doing the word your security comes when you do the word when we implement the word you get security but if you hear the word of god and you don't do it you have opened yourself up for the enemy to strike but i prophesy over your life that from today you shall have divine protection even as you make the word your defense in the name of jesus christ matthew chapter number eight go to the next chapter matthew chapter number eight amen now we know the story of the centurion and i want to show you how the centurion is matthew chapter number eight it says the centurion answered and said lord i am not worthy that you should come under my roof that is verse eight matthew eight verse eight but only speak a word and my servant will be healed you know there are some people the word of god is not enough for them they want you to say man of god come and come and pray for me say no it is well it's a nice no how can you just say it is well it's not enough come and pour some oil on my body come and lay your hands until they get that kind of physical interaction they don't see that what you have said is more than enough but when it comes to god all that he has to do he has to just say it. if what he says is not valuable to you it doesn't matter what else he does that thing too will not be valuable to you amen he said just speak the word and my servant will be healed for i also am a man under exousia having soldiers under me and i said to this one go and he goes and to another camp and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it amen so this centurion was trying to let us know that listen i have the right and i have the permission to command this soldier go and the soldier must go i am also under authority i am under this permission that by my position that i have the permission that i have is that i can instruct other soldiers and those soldiers must obey me and i also know that you are a man under authority so me who is an authority and you who is an authority yes i know your authority is better than me so just speak are you not getting the picture here 
you don't have to come and lay your hands those of us under authority all that we have to do is to speak and then this will happen I speak into your life today in the name of Jesus that you will move above every kind of limitation in Jesus mighty name I speak into your life that the fullness of God shall be available in your life from today in Jesus mighty name Amen you sit down and chew your nails and don't say amen sit down and chew your nails and don't say amen are you here with me i am a man under authority if i have the permission to do something imagine you are the manager of a company they have given you the ability and the right all that the manager you have to do hey Akwesi, do this and then oh, the boss said i should do this are you getting what i'm saying so those of us under authority when we say something it is done if you are not under authority if you don't have any mind if you don't have any right if you don't have any permission when you say they will not mind you <laughs> because when they look at you like the seven sons of skiva the demon realize that these boys they don't have the kind of authority that paul and the rest they have they will say in the name of jesus whom paul preaches come out he said jesus i know Paul, I also know who are you. In other words, the demons realize that these boys did not have any authority. If you don't have any authority, Exusia, let me tell you, whatever you tell the devil, he will not answer you. But if you have this kind of authority today, you command the devil and the devil will leave you. Amen. Say delegated authority. Delegated authority simply means that, okay, you know, imagine today, right? I'm supposed to teach. I'm the senior pastor here. And I'm supposed to teach. And then I say, okay, I'll not be able to come to church. So, tell me that do the church service today. Now, the moment she comes to stand here and conduct the service, right, I have delegated my responsibility to her. Whatever she says here, whatever she does here, it is like me doing it. Because she's standing here in my name. In my capacity. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when God gives you authority, exousia, he's delegating what he should be doing here on earth to you. That is why, let me tell you, let me say this thing. Let me say it out of, my, out of the way. That is why many people, they don't get their prayers answered. Do you know why? Because the prayer they are praying, they want God to do something they should be doing. Ah, no, 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 you are not in church. Now, are you in church? There are things you are supposed to be doing and you are asking God to do it for you. No. God wants you to do it and then he will come and support you. Now, imagine I'm on leave. Right? I'm the general CEO, I'm on leave. And then again, Amida is the acting CEO. I expected to conduct the business of the company without disturbing me. Now, imagine every second she calls me oh boss i want to do this and how should i do it the next second i want to do this and how should i do it i'm like ah but i put you in charge why are you disturbing my holidays because i'm supposed to be resting and then you are making me to work whilst i'm resting do you know what god said after he created the heaven and earth after sister what did he do what did he do he rested why was he rested he rested because he has made adam and eve to take care of the earth 
what he was supposed to have been doing on the earth he had brought adam and eve to take care of the earth so he will be resting whilst adam and eve will be working imagine god was supposed to have been doing the watering of the garden the tilting of the land filing their nails that wouldn't have been a proper authority so when god gave adam and eve the authority he said let us create man so that this man would take care of the things that we are going to create the moment man came into the picture god finished his work he said okay i'm done now i'm handing over this authority delegated authority to adam whatever adam calls any animal that was the name god didn't name anything on earth adam named everything and god said yes it is so everything you have named it i concur i support it because i have given you what i should have been doing i've handed it over to you you now have authority over the earth so he was resting and then adam went to bring another problem say god you are resting but this one day has come back to you he sinned and the moment he said he had to now bring god again into action why because god knew that between the flesh and the spirit the spirit always have power you know what i'm saying the spirit is always more powerful than the flesh the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak you remember that scripture i get in it so he had to take god to come and save man from the authority of the devil why because man gave the authority that god gave him to the devil when he obeyed him so now god had to come back to work this man has been resting all his years after he finished creating heaven and earth now because of adam he had to get back to work again that's what we call it the finished works of christ because god was in christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses against them so god now came back to earth to come and work to save us once and for all you know god he only works once and then the rest is rested because he sets in motion infinity he doesn't have to work every day no 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 he does one thing and then boom that is why today today people are still giving birth god did it in such a way that as soon as he created man that was it he doesn't have to come and put babies in your stomach again or your womb again he had made it in such a way that as soon as a man meets a woman babies will flow that is what the increase of the world is going to come from are you getting what the picture here now that is delegated authority in its finest form amen matthew chapter 9 Ma let's go again to the next chapter matthew chapter number 9 that's why i'm told you that we're going to spend a lot of time on anesthesia so by the time we finish this month you will fin you will finish the month with a lot of boldness with a lot of authority amen matthew chapter number nine verse number six now let no go back please go back to verse four let's do four to six matthew chapter nine four to six it said that jesus knowing their thoughts said why do you think evil in your heart for which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and walk but that you may know that the son of man has power now this word power there means exousia in the greek it's supposed to render authority the son of man has authority to forgive sins then he said to the paralytic arise take your bed and go to your house you remember in my definition i said exousia means the right and the mind the word mind ability power 
So if you have the right, then you have the power. Anyone who has the right, then you have the power. Amen. So he said that the Son of Man has the power to also forgive sins. Amen. Now, so let's look at the third kind of authority. So that I can move on. The third kind of authority. And that is the Greek word epitage. E-P-I-T-A-G-E. Epitage. And it simply means one appointed over. One appointed over or in proper order or place. Epitage simply means one appointed over or a proper order or place. Now, this word simply means to give a directive, a command. So, if I command you, meaning that I am instructing you to be in your proper place. When we say in the name of Jesus, we command you, the enemy. Meaning that we are telling him, hey, devil, be in your proper place. You don't have any right in this business. Are you getting it? Right? So let's look at some scriptures. First Corinthians chapter number 7. We're going to go deeper very soon. Don't worry. First Corinthians chapter number 7. I read verse number 6. It said, But I say this as a concession. Not as an epitaph, sorry. Not as a commandment. I told you, epitaph means to command. So a lot of the time, when you go into the Bible, and then you find the word command, commandment, instruct, most often than not, it means this kind of authority. Meaning that if I command you, I am giving you an authority. In a way. But this kind of authority is instructive. It's a directive. I'm directing you. I'm commanding you. I'm telling you to do something. And when I tell you to do that thing, I am more or less giving you the ability to do it. So, the devil does not have the ability to heal the sick. Okay? So, if I tell the devil or that demon responsible for that infirmity, get out of this place, because that demon does not have the ability to carry any kind of health, by the command that I speak to that demon, at that particular moment, I'm able to give that demon the ability to live out of that body. Because if not for any other instruction to that demon, that demon doesn't have any ability. When the demon comes with a sickness, they don't have the ability to go. They only have the ability to destroy. You see, it's like a, um, 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 this, this insect that feed on dogs. What's the name? Eh? What? Tick. Good, tick. Now, tick, when they fish themselves on the dog, they will suck the blood out of the dog. You, and sometimes when you're removing them, it's so difficult to remove them. They come, this tiny insect, but when you have to pull them out before they get off of the skin of the dog. The same way, when these devils of infirmity, we call them spirit of infirmity, when they enter into someone, they don't have the ability to come out by themselves. Rather, they will multiply. 
They have the ability to call for more reinforcement into the bodies of the person. But they don't have the ability to leave. So when we instruct them in the name of Jesus, in that particular moment, we will give them the ability to get out so that they can leave because they don't have it by themselves. What they have is to destroy, but they don't have to leave. So when we say in the name, because the name of Jesus carries health and carries the ability to heal. So when we say in the name of Jesus, get out of the body, we are instructing them and we will give them the ability to leave. It's like, it's like um, someone is occupying your house. You are the landlord. And the person doesn't want to leave. And the person says, I don't have the means to leave. He says, okay, no problem. And then you hire a truck. Come and park in front of the house. He said, today, you bring the police. You gather all the things of the person. Put them in the truck. He said, today, you are going. I have brought you the truck. When you go, go and pay the truck driver. <laughs> Amen. Yes, that, that is a kind of command. Because you want the person to leave the house, the person doesn't want to leave. So you help the person to leave. That is the kind of command. So when you are commanding the devil, you are commanding him for a purpose. Now, for you to understand authority, I want us today, probably I'm going to spend some time on this. Because all of our authority in Christ Jesus has been given to us to operate and against one person, and that is the devil. Our authority in Christ is not to use it against any human being, but to use it against the devil. Now, I'm going to explain, and I want to take some time to talk about the devil. I often don't do it, but today, the Lord wants you to understand. Because not many people understand or know who the devil is. They don't know. They are fighting against someone they don't even know. Amen. They don't know who they are fighting against. So let's look at Satan's authority. What does Satan have? Satan doesn't have anything. But let me come from this particular scripture. Because this verse in the Bible, many people have misinterpreted it. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Are you there? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I read from verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 from verse number 3. It said, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Can we read verse 4 together? One to go. Whose the minds that God of this age has blinded? Uh huh. Are you reading? Let's read it again. Some of you are quiet. Can we all, I can't hear you. Can we all read it? One to go. Who's the minds that gods of this age has blinded? Who do not believe? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Who the what? Who the what? Who the what? The God of this age. Other version says, the God of this world. When you read other translation, the God of this world. Now, many people read this verse to translate it as the God over the earth or the God over the world. No. The God of this world or of this age is not the same as the God over the earth. 
or over the world or over this age. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This world belongs to God. I get what I'm saying. This world belongs to God. Satan is not the God over the world. These are not two um, the same thing. He's the God of the world. In other words, he's the God hailing from the world. He's the God coming from this world. Now, how does he become the God of this world? Because people end up worshipping him. When the devil presents people with his things, the works of the flesh especially, and they end up yielding to them, and they end up doing them, they have made Satan the God in their life at that moment because of what they are doing. Remember in the Old Testament when Moses had gone to be with the Lord for 40 days, and then when he came back, the children of Israel, they have built for themselves a golden calf to worship him. What did they say? They said, ah, Moses has kept too long. Besides, we want a God that we can see. What is this God that we cannot see? We want a God that we want to see. So what did they do? They built for themselves with Aaron supervising. They built for themselves a golden calf. And when Moses came back, they were dancing around the golden calf because now they have made for themselves a God whom they can see and worship. So Satan, who is the God of, the God hailing from this world, means that God that people make him of. So if, if Satan presents you something, let's say Satan presents you money, or brings you an opportunity of money, or a job or whatever, or takes advantage of something that you have, and present to you and now you make that thing like the lord in your life now because of that thing you don't even come to church because of that thing you don't pray because of that thing you are you are so down in the spirit you have made satan the god in your life he says the god coming from this world in other words the world have made a god like how the children of israel built for themselves a god they there are a lot of things people make a god out of but they don't know that does not mean Satan is the God over the earth. No. I thought you were going to go back to Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. This is exactly why I told you to pay attention to that verse. Because Satan, a lot of people don't know. Now the word Satan simply means the adversary or accuser. Satan, that's the meaning. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says, for the accuser of the brethren. That is him. The meaning of the word Satan means accuser or adversary. So his job is to accuse you. That was his job. First, he will go before God and accuse you before God. In other words, he will lay charges against you. Like he did against Job. He went to God and said, have you considered, God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? He said, is Job who he is without your protection? Take your protection away from him. If Job will not curse you. He said, alright, now go. He's the accuser. In other words, he will lay claims upon your life. False accusations. Those days he will go to God and say, Ah, look at this guy. You see, he doesn't pray. He doesn't pray. He says he's your son, but doesn't pray. Like what he did to Jesus. If you are the son of God, 
turn these stones to become bread. If you are the child of God, now he will tell you, okay, come out of this trouble, let me see. Because as for God's children, they are so powerful. Nobody can say I'm a child of God and you lack power. So if you say you are the child of God, then this malaria in your body, Christ, let me see. And you find many believers who have made a God out of their sickness. Because they have yielded themselves to the disease. You say, oh, the doctor said I have this condition. I have it. I, I, oh, this, is what the, this is the condition I have. They have accepted it to be that way. I have it. Oh, this is a problem. Oh, apostle, I can't fast. So they say I have stomach ulcer. Hey, you have accepted it. So you cannot fast. Okay, continue. You have made a God. Yes, that is how Satan becomes the God of this world. You have made a God. It's coming out. The world has made a God out of him. But they are afraid of him. So Satan, right? If you read the Bible, he was first called Lucifer. Okay? He was created by God. Oh, you don't know. God made out of him, he made both visible and invisible. And God made, God made Lucifer and placed him in charge of this world. From the beginning. Before, I mean, talking about the pre-Adamic age. Before the first man out of the, of the ground was made. There were angels. And Lucifer was one of the archangels. Let, let's read some scriptures. Let's go to Isaiah 14. Let's read some scriptures. Isaiah chapter number 14. Are you there? Isaiah chapter number 14. I read from verse number 12. It says, how you are falling from where? How many of you are there in Isaiah 14? Lift up your hands. Wave at me. All right. So let's read it together. Verse 12. It says, how you are falling from heaven. Oh, what? Lucifer. Now, Lucifer means the son of the morning. Morning star. So Lucifer, as, as he was originally called, had light in him. Remember God? You know God, right? You know God. God is light. First John chapter number 1. God is light and in him there's no what? Darkness at all. So there's no way God is going to create anything and fill that thing with darkness. Come on, are you here with me? God will not create anything and fill that thing with darkness. So how come the devil became the, the head of the kingdom of darkness? You will know today. Because Lucifer means son of the morning. Means morning star. You remember Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning? The guy had light in him. Are you here with me? Alright. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations. Verse 13. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. See, that is how come the guy started falling. So, listen. Lucifer was good was clean the guy was okay until the bible said sin was found in his heart so he said in his heart he didn't even say it out of his mouth 
There are some people, the things they say in their heart is more than the things they say out of their mouth. They insult people in their heart. They curse people in their heart. Say, hey, Thank God that God will not judge you based on only the things you say, but the things you also say in your heart. But God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. Jesus said, oh, these people, they honor me with their mouth, but their hearts are far away from me. So someone is saying nice things about you from their mouth, but from their heart. Daggers, knife, cutlasses. They are cutting you into pieces in their heart. And God will judge them also based on the things. So one day you say, God will ask you, why did you say these things against this person? To me, when did I say, I didn't, I don't know, no, when, 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 when? Hey, did I say anything? I didn't say anything. Oh, no, 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 you didn't say anything. God will say, no, don't mind. Said it in his heart. Oh, I said it in my heart. I didn't say it out of my mouth. God looks at the heart. Amen. That's why in the book of Proverbs, I say, guard your heart. Out of it flows the issues of life. The things you say in your heart are even more dangerous than the things you say from your mouth. But God saw it. He said it in his heart. I will do what? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. In other words, Lucifer was even having a throne. Oh, because he was a borough over the earth. He said, I will exalt my throne. In other words, above the stars. Can you imagine? This guy was some rebellious guy. It is like um, uh, one of these African leaders, his bodyguard killed him. His bodyguard, his own bodyguard, I've forgotten the name, the name will come, took his gun. He was having a public speech. Shot him from behind, killed him. And the bodyguard became the president. All the soldiers, they knew what was going to happen. So when they rushed the, the president to the hospital, pronounced that he took over the country. And reigned in that country for many years. His bodyguard. Are you here with me? That is what Satan had wanted to do. He said, had, you know, because when you read Bible, everything about the Bible, Lucifer was one of the most beautiful angels. He used to sing. He was the, he was the chief um, um, singer, more or less. And he was commanding, look, he was commanding a third of God's angels. That should tell you his level. He had so much authority. So much. God had created him 100%. And had given him one third. He said, these ones are under your authority. So he was commanding. So, you see, pride entered his heart. Because of the powers and ability God had given him. He said, you who weaken the nations. Invisible things. But he was weakening the nations. And then he, he sat down and said, ah, look at the powers that I have. Look at what I have. It's not enough. Now, I want to now go above God. I want to overthrow God. He wanted to do a coup d'etat in heaven. Amen, somebody. Like how Rollins overthrew presidents in Ghana. I want to do coup d'etat. The way God is managing the affairs of the angels, I don't like it. So now I'm going to ascend to heaven. Because God was in heaven and he was in charge of the earth. So for him to achieve that, he has to go to heaven. He said, I'm going to go to heaven with my throne. And I'm going to sit above God. How dare you? 
you that are created. Imagine, <laughs> imagine the created telling the creator that you, I overthrow you. I mean, how possible? How possible? And that's what Satan wanted to do. So Lucifer, I will send into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. Hey! On the farthest side of the north. So he wanted to now become the overall chief priest of the congregation. He wanted to do the work. He wanted to practically take over God. He wanted to destroy God. Ha! Huh. And when he was saying all these things, planning everything in his heart, God was looking at him and said, ah, you. Let me know what you are doing. The man of God was in his bedroom. And then all the things that the enemies were planning to do, he saw everything and went and told the king, king, if you go down that road, they would attack you. And the king said, ah, who among us, when we plan, will go and tell our enemies? <laughs> and one of them said that, oh, king, may you live forever. Nobody is a betrayer. No, every, every one of us, we are loyal to you. But when you go to Israel, there's a prophet there. That prophet, even the things you say in secret in your bedroom, he knows. And then he will tell the king. So the secret of your heart, don't think God does not know. The very secret of your heart, the very inner, inner secret, that even yourself you don't know, of your heart, God knows. Some of you, you know where you are going after church. You know the plans and the thoughts you have in your heart. God knows everything. Say, God knows everything. Uh, yeah, God knows. He said, where, where can you hide from my presence? That's what he said. Where can you hide? You cannot hide. Some of you are saying, Apostle, I'm telling you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. God knows. Tell your neighbor, God knows. And now, 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 God knows. The plan to sleep in church, God knows. As you have made up your mind that let me doze off a bit, God knows. God can see you. Tell your neighbor, God can see you. Your plan to sleep, God can see. Amen. Are you here in church? Yeah. Say, I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther side of the north. And look at what he said, verse 14. Can we all read it together? I will ascend above the height of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. So you realize that Satan's desire from day one, he wanted to be like the most high. Remember his line to Adam and Eve. If you eat the food, God doesn't want you to be like him. If you eat the food, you'll be like him. So he's, the guy's plan from day one wanted to be like God. But when he sees God, he's fascinated by who God is. He's in awe of who God is. He, he just can't fathom who God is. I say, no, the only way I can become like him is for me to take over his place. Probably when he, he saw God sitting on his throne and then God just speaks and then things happen. He thinks that, okay, when I take over his throne, then I can also speak and then things will happen. So when God said, let us create man in our own image, he knew from the one that, ah, this is what I've been desiring, that God will make him like him. But how come he's going to create some beings from the ground and then he make these beings like himself? No, 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 no. 
I'm going to do something. But the guy wanted to be like God. When Lucifer looks at himself in the mirror, he realized that he was different from God. You know, angels were not created in the same image and likeness like God. They have, they, they have their role. They have their own design. They have their own perspective. So when they look at us, they see God in us. When they see humans, they see God in us. Because we are created in the image of God. So when they see us, they say, ah, this is God. But they don't, they don't understand. When you read the book of Revelation, have you ever seen that there are some angels, they have eyes all over their body. Have you ever seen a human being having eyes all over his body before? <laughs> if, if you see one like that, will you stand? <laughs> you run faster than Hussein Boat. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Imagine you see a human being and his eyes are behind him. His face is flat, but the eyes are behind him. And then he's looking at you. <laughs> and this is his face, but his eyes are there. Ah, your face, there's nothing about my, your eyes are behind you. <laughs> Amen. They are other kind of angels. The Bible said they are upper region, they are like lions, but they are down, it's, they have in the form of a man. They are there. You see, God created angels out of his imagination. So all of them have their own explicit glory. How they look like. I get what I'm saying. And Lucifer too was made in his glory. He wasn't sufficient. He wanted to be like God. That was his downfall. That was his downfall. He wanted to be like God at all. Because he wanted to also create. Satan has not created anything and cannot create. So if he can become like God. Then he can create. Imagine Satan can create. Hey! The things that he will create. Look, look at the things he's even deceiving people to do. Just look at it. Imagine he has the power to create. The things that he will create. Like by now, there's no human being in this world. Now, the question that also may come up as you are hearing me is that then why hasn't God dealt with Satan? Why hasn't God cleared him out of this world so that we have our peace of mind? Relax. God is not a magician. In fact, that is a devotional coming tomorrow. God doesn't do his things like that. You remember the parable of the wheat and tares? Matthew chapter 13. 12, sorry. Matthew chapter 12. You remember when the servant went there, he said, should we take away the tares? What did the master say? The master said, leave it. Let both of them grow up unto the day of harvest. That is how God does his things. God will not say, okay, because the enemy is in the world so all right no 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 god has a way of dealing with situation but he has given us a solution to deal with him now he has given us a now solution to deal with the devil and that's what we are looking at this man he has given us authority to deal with the devil so that at the end of it all when all has come to an end now when he is pronouncing his judgment he knows what to do and how to pronounce his judgment i tell you what satan will receive at the end of the time is unbearable even him he cannot bear it even him satan he cannot bear people think that the lake of fire is a place where you can go and meet um you know say i'll go and meet terrible chaka there uh, uh michael jackson will be there ah in 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 the, the lake of fire you want to go and dance and have party there 
you are thinking of how to survive. <laughs> you want to go and dance in a lake of fire? No. Even Satan cannot bear it. How much more you? People who go into the lake of fire with flesh. Flesh. Imagine your flesh burning. I have a brother who is in the hospital right now, bent. Fire burn him. You have no idea how he suffered. And imagine you are in a lake of fire, in a swimming pool of fire. Remember those who, when the June 3rd disaster happened, some guy, he lost all his hair. Okay, and even his head was, the fire burnt part of his head. Do you know what he did? When the fire, he said when the ball of fire was coming, he went under the water. Right? But because he doesn't know how to swim, he couldn't stay long under the water. And the fire was up. So he decided to come out to catch some bread. And then, shoo, the fire bent the hair. You are laughing, but it was serious matter. I get it. So imagine you being in the in a in in a pool of fire. The fire is not on the surface. Oh. The fire is inside. That like let's say this whole space. The fire is not at the top. The fire is everywhere. That when you you go into the fire, inside is fire. It is burning from the inside, but it's like a lake. Are, are you getting the picture here? Even Satan cannot stand it. Satan yet has not been cast into the lake of fire. No, no, no. He's not there yet. So he doesn't know how the lake of fire is. Satan is not in the lake of fire. Satan is in darkness. The light of God has been taken out of him. So now he's in darkness. He's not yet in the fire. So Satan does not know how the fire tastes like. It is at the end of the age where God pronounces his judgment. That is when Satan plus those who listen to his advice, all of them will taste the fire for the very first time. So even Satan does not know how the fire is like. Satan has been bound in chains in darkness. That's what the Bible says. He's bound in chains in darkness. In other words, he is in darkness, utter darkness. He's the, he's the God of the darkness. But he hasn't tasted the fire yet. When they are cast into the lake of fire, even Satan himself cannot stand it. And that is why you and I we must preach the gospel. Because that fire was not meant for any human being. It was meant for Satan to give him a proper punishment. Real punishment that he will feel it for trying to be like God when he was not created to be like God. For trying to usurp the authority of God where he didn't have it. Imagine how people will suffer in the lake of fire. Hell is not the same as the lake of fire. No, 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 no. Forget it. They are not the same. Hell is not the same as the lake of fire. The lake of fire is another level. They are warming it up. The angels have been warming the fire since God made it to punish the devil. Imagine how hot the temperature is. If you are finding a cold pot, two, three minutes, that thing becomes hot. You can boil your soup. 
Now these angels have been warming the fire since 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 this yes 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 the fire is more than one trillion degrees celsius and you want to go and enter there hey. i said nobody can survive it oh. i said even satan cannot survive it even satan cannot survive it. And, the, and and the thing is that when god sends you into that into that fire it's not like you are going there to die ah, like that one there like it's good job i enter i die i don't feel anything <laughs> but even when you want to die you cannot die because even death has been cast into the lake of fire so death too has died <laughs> death the death that you want to die you know, is there with you in the fire so where is he going to come from to take you we are all here so you cannot die so whilst you are in the lake you want to die. Hey, God, kill me. Uh-uh, here, you don't die. Satan have to go through that experience forever. Hey. When I think about it, you cannot look at someone's face and say, Charlie, because the moment the person dies physically, there's no more chance again. Repentance, salvation can only happen once here. The moment the person dies physically, that is it. The person has lost the opportunity to be saved. And that is why you must see. This is how come when you are preaching the gospel, you must do everything to preach so that somebody can be saved. Because what lies ahead of an unbeliever is worse than whatever you you receive. If you go and they insult you, it cannot be compared to what their end shall be. Forget about the insult. Say, me fairy, I can't go and preach the gospel. Come on. Do you know what lies ahead of someone? The lake of fire. Nobody should go there. It's meant for the, the devil. Let him alone go and enjoy that place. Let him alone go. That is why God had to now, after his resting, had to truncate on his vacation and come back on earth and say, No. What lies ahead? If I don't do something about it, the entire human race they will end up with the devil in the lake. I can't. I, these are my these are my images. Even if an unbeliever has not yet received Jesus, he's still carrying a resemblance of God. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? Yeah. So why would you look at? It's like you are looking at your brother. Or your the fact that your brother or your sister doesn't respect you, doesn't honor you. If you find your brother or sister going to die, will you allow them to die? Blood is thicker than water. It doesn't matter what your brother or sister has done against you. If you see them going to be destroyed, you go and save. You are looking at other people walking around. They are not believers. They are not saved. You walk past them every day. So I'm, I'm sorry. I can't talk to them about Jesus. You can't talk to them about Jesus? On the day of accountability, will you be happy seeing people screaming, shouting, please save me, forgive me? That place, you cannot be forgiven. Salvation is here now. now. Salvation is a natural thing that will give you room into a spiritual life if you don't have it now your spiritual life is doomed forever am i talking to someone now look at what it says in verse 15 i'm talking about satan lucifer verse 15 yet you shall be brought down to show 
the lowest depth of the pit. That pit there means the fire, the, the depth, the low. So you see where Satan will be. Hey, God, Satan. Satan is God's sworn enemy for life. For life, oh Lord. Satan. And you want to be a friend to God's number one enemy. Hey, yeah. Whoever is friend of Satan is an enemy to God. That's what the Bible said. If we put in the bottomless pit, that place. Verse 16. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness? And destroyed his cities? Who did not open the house of his prisoners? See how wicked Satan was. I open the house of his prisoners. All the kings of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, everyone in his own house. But you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch, like the garment of those who slay, thrust through with a sword, who go down to the stones of the pit, like a corpse trodden underfoot. This is the end of Satan. It is awaiting him. Have you heard that saying that if the devil reminds you of your past, also remind him of what awaits him. He's an accuser. That is his job. So he would accuse you of your past. He will use your, your shortcomings to accuse you. And then if you buy into it, he's coming to your life. He's an accuser of the brethren. He will do everything to accuse you. You know, what Satan doesn't want is that he doesn't want you to stand in God's authority. So he's doing everything for you not to be in God's authority. Ezekiel. Let's go to Ezekiel. Some of you, some of these uh, chapters, you have never opened that in your Bible before. So let's go there. Ezekiel, chapter number 28. Are you there? Now, Ezekiel 28 from verse 1 up to verse 9 is a long read. I'll read some and I'll, I'll jump, jump. Also talks about how Lucifer, okay, is. I am bringing you this angle so that when you start learning about the authority that you have in Christ, you will not be afraid. You will do it with joy. Amen. The word of the Lord, verse 1, Ezekiel 28 from verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me again saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, Because your heart is lifted up, and you say, I am a God, I sit in the seat of gods, in the midst of the seat, yet you are a man, and not a God. Though you set your heart as a heart of a God, behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There's no secret that you can be hidden from you. With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver into your treasury. Now jump to verse 11. Jump to verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, That says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden. Now, this is now um, 
a symbolic description of Lucifer, who he was in the beginning. All right, you are the seal of perfection, a full of a full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Verse thirteen, you were in Eden. Where, where, what is Eden? You remember Eden? Okay. Now Eden. Can better understand Eden as the presence of God. Now, people talk about the Garden of Eden. Listen, the Garden of Eden was not the name. Eden is the place, presence of God. And there was a garden in that place. That is where God kept Adam and Eve. Are you getting it? Now, Lucifer was placed in Eden, a place. That is why Satan could come and tempt Adam and Eve. You are not here with me. I'm bringing you up something that you probably don't know. Remember Matthew chapter 4? What happened to Jesus? After he came out of the water in Matthew chapter 3, the Holy Spirit, God intentionally led him to be tempted by the devil. So in Matthew chapter number 4, God took um, Jesus to a place where Satan can come and tempt him. The same thing that happened to Adam and Eve. So, instead of, I mean, look, we find here that Lucifer, right, the king of Tyre, is a symbol, a, a symbolic representation of Lucifer. So, imagine God knew Lucifer or Satan was in Eden. Remember, he didn't say he was, he was in Eden, a very beautiful garden, a place of God. And then God also put the man there. Why would God do that? Because he knew the man definitely would be tempted, tempted by the devil. And then when he was tempted by the devil, he failed. That is why Jesus also was tempted by the devil. And when he was tempted by the devil, he did not fall. You see the difference here between the first man and the last man, Jesus. Amen. Let's read on. You see something beautiful here. Please read it in your Bible. Look into your Bible. You are in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and diamond. Can you imagine? It was made of diamond. Bling, bling. That's why all those celebrities like, you know, the bling blings. It was full of diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper. Go and research about all of these minerals. You see how they are beautiful minerals. Sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. Hey, God intentionally beautified him. Imagine all these powerful minerals all around you. The workmanship of your timber and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. So when God created Lucifer, he created him to be a musician. It's like when you give birth to your, your child and then you want your child to be a musician. As soon as you are naming your child and you are doing whatever, this is your keyboard, this is your uh, whatever. So you start training your child even from his birth right through to the point that he become a master of the instrument. That is how God made Lucifer. You see, that is why sometimes you know, the, the, the people of the world, they say, um, the devil makes all these musicians. 
now the musicians, these Hollywood stars and these musicians, they are, they are like, um, uh, they are people from Satan. Have you heard that thing before? That these musicians, they are people from Satan. Because that guy was made a powerful musician. He was the one who was playing the pipes. He was the one who was doing the song. Amen. Why? Because when God created him, he said, your pipes and your whatever was made at the time you were created. Amen. Verse 14. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You remember in Isaiah, he said, I, will now, I want to go and sit above the mountains of God. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the world, the fiery stone. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until what was found. Until what? Iniquity was found in you. Now remember, how was iniquity found in him? Because he said in his heart, he said in his heart. Now, probably, you see, when he was walking in the mountain of the Lord, as he was walking there, <laughs> he said, Ah, Charlie, this place is a bill. Ah, this is a fine place. Ah, nah, 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 nah. I have to arise here. So, it is very possible that whilst God gave him the opportunity to walk in the mountains of God, then he started developing the thought that he was perfect from day one. Lucifer had no problem. Look at, look at the minerals God used to beautify Lucifer. Wow. Emerald. Surprise. Diamond. What? That is why he was a, he was a what? He was a morning star. Because he was, he was brightened out of what he was made of. Imagine a combination of diamonds and gold and emeralds. And, and, and all of these beautiful sparkling minerals. Why won't you bright? definitely bright. Amen. Until what? Iniquity was found in you. Verse number 16. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you. Oh, cavern cherub, from the midst of the fairy stone, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they, may, they might gaze at you. Remember Isaiah? Now these are two different prophets. Are two different dispensations. Prophesying very close for the same thing. Remember Isaiah also said that kings will laugh at you. Kings will gaze at you and they will laugh at you. Ezekiel also saying the same thing. I mean that God was revealing something about the devil to them. His end. Who are those kings who will gaze at him? You and me. We are the kings who will look at Satan. I said, so is this the Lucifer who tormented us when we were on earth? Is this the Lucifer who made our life so miserable? We we'll look at him and say, Lucifer, where we are you here? Are you here with me? We are the kings. Remember, God has made us kings and priests. So we are the kings that will look at him and will tell him, hey, look at you. Look at your end. Amen. I laid you before kings that they may gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquities of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you. 
and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Amen. This is it. This is the, the devil. Now, why am I reading all these scriptures for you? Listen, I just want you to come to the point of understanding that Satan is not someone you should be afraid of. The authority that God has given you in time is superior than the enemy. Are you here with me? It's superior than the enemy. Look at what this guy has already gone through. From the day iniquity was found in his heart, he has already been brought down. So Satan is not somebody that you should be afraid of. Yes, he may be having certain things going on. He may be doing certain things. And you must not be afraid of him. Because your authority is higher than the enemy. Let's go to Revelation chapter number 12. We are almost done. Because next week we're going to go deep. Today I'm just giving you the... If it, Revelation, sorry. Chapter number 12. Revelation chapter number 12, verse number 6. Revelation chapter 12, verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that they should feed her, feed her there 1,260 days. And what broke out, verse 7, and what broke out in heaven? Michael and his angels fought with a dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and what? Satan. Who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice say in heaven, Now! salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser, that is the meaning of Satan, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice Oh heaven, and you who dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the seal for the devil. For the seal, sorry, sorry, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Amen. That is why the devil is so busy striking people with death. Striking people with sickness. Because the guy is full of wrath. Why? Because he has been forever banished from heaven. He cannot go to heaven. And accuse us before God. If anything at all. The devil can accuse you to yourself. And deceive you. To believe that is who you are. Meanwhile you are the image of God. In Christ Jesus. Expressly beautified in Christ. Are you here with me somebody? So the devil has been brought down. He went to heaven to go and fight. So when he planned a thing in his heart, he actually took his soldiers, his angels, and went to heaven. To go and now, before I finish, I want you to take note of this. Satan or Lucifer is an angel. Say he's an angel. Or say an angel. Or come on, say it well, an angel. I want you to say to for it to sink into your heart. Say Satan is an angel. 
we, we, we read it. He was created as an angel. Now, I want us to read um, Hebrews chapter number one. Hebrews chapter number one. Hebrews chapter number one. Now, can we read from verse number 13? Hebrews 1, 13, 14. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand? Till I make your enemies your footstool. Which of these angels has he said that? He didn't say, God didn't say anything to any of the angels. Listen, he didn't say anything to any of the angels that sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. He didn't say that to any of the angels. But he said it to Jesus. Verse 14, can we all read it together? One to go. Are you here? One to go. Who are those ministering spirits? Angels. So angels are ministering spirits. Sent for to minister. Other verses says they are sent to serve. Those who are inherit salvation. So angels, even those angels that are standing angels, not those who are falling from heaven. They are not even at your level. They are not in church. I said, even angels are not at your level. Are you in church? Come on, are you in church? Am I talking to you? Are you paying attention to me? I said, even angels are not at your level. Because listen, God never said to any angel, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. But who is sitting at the right hand of God? Jesus. Where are you? You are in Christ. So you mean that you are sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Are you here with me? So if you are sitting at the right hand of God the Father, then it means that angels are also at your feet because they are serving you. Are you here with me, somebody? So if those angels are under you, why are some believers trying to be like angels? Have you ever heard someone saying that if uh, someone dies, the person becomes an angel? Have you ever heard that thing? People believe that kind of foolishness. And when you die, you become an angel. He said, you, are, you were an angel before you came into this world. You heard that one also. When you die, you, you go back to become an angel. And then when God wishes, He will send you back into this world. So today you are in Ghana. So pray that when you die, God will, will take you to America. Or you send you to Afghanistan. I mean, how? How can. Somebody even teach something like this. That when you die, you'll be, they call it reincarnation. And people believe it so much with their heart. It's called philosophies of men. These are, these are not wisdom, but philosophies of men. But angels are not anywhere close. But he never told any angel, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. But to Jesus, Jesus is sitting at their right hand. So angels are your servants. That is why some of you, your angels are there like this. They are so dull. They are, they are yawning. You don't pray. You don't, you don't speak any words to instruct them. They are there waiting on you. God is asking them, why are you not working? He said, Lord, my master is not sending me. He said, my master is not sending me. Ah. 
Why? And God is looking at you. You are there. You are complaining. Today, my head. He said, no, you cannot. I cannot. You cannot send me head against me, mommy. Today, my story. No, no. Stomach cannot. No, no. Send me. Send me. Your angels are waiting for you to send them. May you say words that will send your angels. So if these angels who are in right standing with God, they are your servants. How much more that guy who is already falling? How much more that Satan who is falling? Are you getting the point here? Why are believers so afraid of the devil? I am saying this thing in conclusion so that when you start understanding your authority, now when you are praying, you pray from the mentality of authority and power. Are you getting it now? Now you don't pray to beg the devil. No. That is why Jesus said, you receive power to cast out demons. He didn't say you receive power to negotiate with the devil. To cast out means to throw him out. Eh? To kick him out. That is the meaning. If you don't have that power, you cannot cast that demon out. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? So your authority is such that you are at a level where that demon that is falling, that angel that has fallen down from grace, that is trying to infiltrate your life, that angel can be cast out. But from today, when you are praying, you pray from the level of power. A lot of believers, they pray from the level, oh, eradie, boame, eradie, 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 eradie. No, 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 no. That is not how kings talk. That is not how, no. Are you a king here? Oh, come on. Kings, kings don't beg. Have you seen a king begging before? Why are you begging? You don't beg. You command. It's the Bible says Ecclesiastes says, where the words of the king is as what? There's power. You don't beg. You are dying, you die. You die. The guy is falling. That angel is falling. Angels who are right standing with God, they are waiting on your instruction. As soon as you speak, ah, ah, my master has commanded me. My king has sent me. I am on my move. And then you are begging that guy who has fallen. Oh. Hey, your neighbor, don't ever beg the devil again. That is why when you get up and you feel pain in your stomach, you don't go and say, hey, 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 hey. You say in the name of Jesus. You speak as a king. And as soon as you speak as a king, you release power. And then the angels of the Lord, they are on your work. They say, I've been sent on assignment. My master has sent me. I am out there going to work. And then they go and they fight those demons who are trying to disturb your peace in the morning. And before you realize that pain leaves your body, you don't keep quiet as a king. The source of your power as a king is your words. If you are clapping, clap your hands for the Lord. Israel, Jacob was sleeping. The guy had prayed overnight. He has prayed so much. He laid down his head. 
He saw angels going up and down. Angels were busy because the guy was a child of covenant. He was a covenant child. At the end of the way, he spoke. Angels were working for him. You cannot be born again and angels will not work for you. Your angels are your servants. They have been called to serve those who inherit salvation. If you are saved here, you have angels working for you. You have angels assigned to you. Whatever you say, the angels will go out there and work. Satan has no part. That is why when you are praying, you don't beg the devil. Actually, beg the devil. He, the devil is a liar. Yeah, he's a liar. What are you telling him? You are a child of truth. Let truth speak. I said, let truth speak. The Bible said, let God be your true and let every other thing be a liar. At the end of the day, you have the spirit of God in you. He said, we have the spirit of faith. So we have belief and also we speak. As you speak, the Bible says, angels are called. They have been instructed. They are under command and authority to come and serve those who have salvation. Satan. Look at, look at how miserable he is. Look at all the scriptures we read. Look at the end of Satan. So miserable. All that he has. It's a lying tongue. Jesus said, you are like your father. But he's a liar from the beginning. He has a lying tongue. So he comes and wraps you. Oh, Obama was all your German for. Oh, 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 Satan is deceiving. He's a deceiver, a liar. Liar. He, he's a thief. Satan is a thief. He comes to steal. He's a destroyer. Comes to destroy and comes to that is agenda. And from today, any satanic movement in your life, I expose it in Jesus' mighty name. I expose it in Jesus' name. Any satanic agenda in your life, I expose it in Jesus' name. I command any satanic agenda and work in your life to get out right now. To get out in the name of Jesus. That is why Jesus has been given a name above every other name. And when you say in the name of Jesus, every knee must. It's not like they will. They must. Even angels must bow. How much more demons? Demons are the fallen angels. They are spirits. Visible and visible, they were created by the name of Jesus. When we command them, they listen. Ah, see, the fact that you don't see it with your eyes does not mean they have not. That is what the devil is deceiving. The devil is deceiving believers to say that, tell it until you see it, then God has not done it. A liar. I don't have to see it. What eyes have not seen? What years have not heard? These are the things God has prepared for those who love him. Why do you want me to see before I believe? I believe this church will have a 120,000 capacity church building. I don't care what you see. I believe. I believe. I am speaking what I believe. Satan may come and say, ah, look at this man of God. He says he's a global evangelist. But look at his church. I don't care what you are seeing. I am telling you what I believe. I have the authority. Satan has no right. Don't let Satan deceive you. Tell your neighbor, don't allow Satan to deceive you. Satan comes and says, look at your pocket. You don't have any money in your pocket. And you say you're a millionaire. You say you're a billionaire. Look at you. You, can, you don't even have a car. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. And you are believing it. Last Sunday when I came to church, I needed $10,000. I was here. When I was coming to church, the Holy Spirit said, 
So all the money that you have in your pocket. I took every money that I have in the house and I brought it to church. That Sunday. I needed ten thousand dollars that Sunday, Sunday. I came and I deposited the money. I said, Lord, I'm living here with praise. I didn't know where the ten thousand dollars was going to come from. I didn't know. I don't know where it was going to come from. By Sunday evening, I had the ten thousand dollars. I'm telling you, last Sunday. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. We were supposed to do something in Dubai. We needed the money urgently. I didn't know where the ten thousand dollars was going to come from. By Sunday evening, the ten thousand dollars came. If I tell you where the money came from, I never even thought that money was going to come from that angle. The enemy was going to say, "Ah, you are going to get the money." I didn't have ten thousand dollars in the morning. But the voice of the Lord, hey Kayanda Satan, whatever you are looking for in your life that the devil wants you to believe that you cannot have it today, you possess it in Jesus' name. You possess it in Jesus' name. You possess it in Jesus' name. That devil has been defeated. He's a defeated enemy. How can you see? He's an enemy, but he's already defeated. Many believers are afraid of him. So they pray from a point of begging. So God, if it is your will, please turn this around. Ah! The will of God. He said, it is my will to heal you. It is my will to prosper you. Don't let the enemy deceive you. He's deceiving many people. They are waiting to see. That's a, you know, I was there two days ago. Whilst I, I, was, I was there with my kids. We were watching a program on television. All of a sudden, I started seeing certain things. Whoa! So I just decided not to move. Started seeing certain things. Beautiful things. Beautiful things. Started seeing them. I some houses and stuff like that. As I was looking and I was looking, I saw that my spirit was sticking to another realm. And I saw in the church, yeah, I saw. I came and I stood. And I saw plenty cars have been parked. And that Sunday when I came to church, in the spirit, as I was looking, it was like I was just commissioning cars. Commissioning cars. And I saw in the spirit. And the Lord said, you see, I have lifted my people to a realm of prosperity. To a realm where they will lack nothing. They should just believe me. Some of you from today, that mentality of poverty is leaving you. It is not from God. That thinking that you, you are nobody, you don't have it. That some believers, they say, me, I don't have money, I don't have money. Today, from today, that God who has elevated you to sit at his right hand, that same God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that same God who is in our midst today, he will elevate you to the point of prominence, to the level of prominence, to prosperity that your generations and your generations and your generations on board will come and have a in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for being a part of today's message. This program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free.